The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. The IPO market continued to show signs of life, with grocery delivery app Instacart's parent company Maple Bear making its Nasdaq debut, days after chipmaker Arm Holdings' stellar entry into the public marketplace. Two IPOs have got off to a pretty strong start in the U.S. Bankers working for grocery delivery company Instacart and chip designer Arm applied a very careful approach to getting those stock listings away for fear of spooking investors that are only inching back into the market. The question of whether these listings will encourage more companies to follow suit is explored in this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan, coming to you from London. The IPO market is tentatively reopening, with Arm and Instacart becoming relative success stories. It's been a difficult couple of years for bankers selling stocks, but it's not so long ago that investors were clamoring to get involved in the latest stock market listing for fear of missing out. Here to talk to me about how we should interpret the reception of recent listings is Jennifer Saba, who has been diligently covering Instacart for breaking views, and Karen Kwok, who has been looking at Arm. Jen, Karen, you are very welcome. Hi. Hey. So, Jen, if I could start with you, can you tell me a little bit about these stock market listings? What 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 has the reception been like for these companies for both Arm and Instacart? Yeah, so what makes both these companies super interesting is that there has just been just dry period of IPOs. Like basically the activity has almost come to a screeching halt. So these are two high profile names that a lot of people know and that a lot of investors have had a lot of interest in. And so, you know, I guess the word to use for both of them and is that they were very cautious about, you know, kind of tiptoeing back into the IPO market, right? Because like, you know, the the appetite wasn't it was unclear you know how investors were going to basically greet these companies so i can start with instacart and just kind of tell you that they were very cautious they kind of priced at a very um low valuation and they ended up raising their price range and when they went out when they priced they kind of went at the top of that range and the result of that was like a pop 12 percent pop at the close and you know that's considered a success like you you know you kind that's what you want and and the same thing for arm i'm sure karen can talk a little more about this but you know it did really well uh, on its first day it's closed it it was up 25 percent um you know uh, above its ipo price so you know in that in that um frame looking at through that frame that's that's kind of that's a positive sign and so karen what apart from from that of sort of not going too far has sort of the playbook been like the preparation that would have gone into these because as as jen says there has been very little activity and i suppose the last thing bankers wanted was these to go in any way wrong mm. uh yeah so basically as um jen has already said a, lo- a little bit about it so they both of these company kind of doing this play it safe strategy uh, in instacart case they undervalue it and in softman case uh softbank and arm case 
um, my piece previously uh, think that the valuation that SoftBank gave ARM was a little bit too high at $64 billion, and even the IPO price is too high at $55 billion. But you can see that uh, how they play it because uh, when they published a private price range and then, then the IPO price, they price it, there's a discussion uh, whether or not they should go beyond that uh, top range. And and turns out that they chose to stay within the top of the range in order to play it safe. And then they achieve this pop um, impact uh, on the first day. And the other similar pay playbook both of them have adopted uh, similarly, similarly is that for ARM, um, they have found these customers and business partners, Apple, uh, NVIDIA, to be their cornerstone investor. And I think in Instacart cases, they uh, found someone like the PepsiCo uh, uh, to invest in them in order to kind of create this kind of like confidence for um, IPO investors to uh, bet on them. Okay, so you've got your cornerstone investors, you don't push it too far. And Jen, when you're talking to the bankers and investors involved in, in Instacart, for example, what do they think this will lead to? Because it's sort of interesting, like Instacart and Arm are two very different businesses, but in some ways they are attractive investment opportunities, right? Their Instacart is online groceries, Arm is designing chips, these were not tricky tests of the market. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the I think one way to look at it is and and what is different about today versus say 2020 2021 is that Instacart is profitable. Like it, it went out um, and it it has you know you know a, a decent bottom line, and I think that's really important um, because what you also see is that their growth is tapering off. Now that is very different than when their competitor DoorDash, for example, went out in the market in 2020, and you know investors were willing to pay for that growth. The DoorDash's stock closed, I believe, somewhere above the 80% range from its IPO price uh, when it went out in 2020. Um, it's still not profitable. Um, so, you know, its valuation has fallen. Um, so I guess in some ways, Instacart's making a calculation like we're going to start low because it's probably better to climb up to, you know, climb your way back climb your way up versus to take a, you know, to take a fall. So I think that's one difference. And I, I think what will happen is that that's going to encourage companies because they popped a little bit and it was, they were both considered a success. Like all these other companies that have been in the pipeline, I think will probably say, hey, listen, this is maybe, maybe the window's open and, and we better get out there before it shuts again. And the things that were maybe putting off investors before, have they been resolved? As in, when the the ideal, the dream situation, right, would be that these two companies open up the IPO market and you have that same, as you talked about, Jen, in your piece this week, this FOMO, this fear of missing out, that investors want to be involved in these because they are successful. They want that pop that you talk about. So, I mean, is that, do you think that the things that were keeping the IPO market shut have been somehow somehow resolved in some way over the past few months? Well, I, I think it gives people a little more confidence, right? So so kind of the, the what, what I'm trying to kind of explain in that piece is that the fear is, is you know, from the, it's shifting, right, from the investors to the issuers. So, you know, you have this window open now, right, and it's been closed for so long, and you have two, you know, relatively successful IPOs. I mean, we can get into Instacart and the fact that they were valued at $39 billion in, you know, 2021, and now they're at, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, $14, 13000000000 billion. That's a huge drop, right? But it's profitable and there's room to grow. 
Um, and so, you know, the idea is like, okay, there are a lot of, there's like maybe 16 private companies that Renaissance Capital has identified that may come out this quarter as a result of these, you know, types of uh, the, the results of, of Instacart and ARM. And next next year, I think it's supposed to be even more. So you can kind of see where this is going that, you know, people are like, well, wait a minute, this they, they managed to crack the IPO market, so to speak. You know, they have the playbook, as Karen ex explained. I think that's going to give a lot of other companies confidence to go forward. Karen, do you think that for one of these 16 companies, they need that playbook? They need the cornerstone investors to be backing them? Is it still, are we still in that phase of the, the reopening that that you know it's still very much a test i think i think so because a part of the reasons that why ipo ipo market is so slow is that there there's uncertainty in regards to uh, economy right interest rate nobody knows how um, whether they will keep rising and so on so with against that backdrop uh, the issuers are going to be much more careful when it comes to that and obviously they will make sure that the company at least uh, shows a path to profitability uh, or and they're willing to sacrifice some kind of uh, growth in order to achieve that as Jen said uh, in the case of Instacart and so they have to be I suppose quite realistic as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And Jen, the the other thing I was kind of curious about is fees, right? So these poor bankers have been, <laughs> you know, a couple of years without without any real IPOs to speak of. How would how did the fees fare out? Were they? Uh, well, um, uh, when I uh, there's some data out there, like Dude Logic, for example, I think it has come down relatively to the past two years uh, in terms of the average fees that bankers uh, get. Uh, yeah, uh, for IPOs above uh, five billion dollar or something, I, I can't remember the exact number, but uh, yeah, so the fee is coming down a little bit and. In the case of ARM, for example, there are actually 28 banks in one IPO. And interesting thing about that uh, filing is that uh, the top banks, uh, the top four banks who are leading the IPO, they are equally sharing the same percentage of fee from the uh, from uh, from the money that they uh, they help the company to raise instead of the lead left, uh, which is the company that published that the banks that publish on the uh, left of the IPO filing. Uh, so that seems to me is quite interesting, like uh, scenario that. The banks are willing to share the fee equally, but share, share the tiny exact, slice of pie. Exactly, but then uh, whether or not it will um, continue to be uh, the examples for for the next few IPOs, we are yet to see. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a company, you've got a situation where the fees appear to be lower. Um, if you've got a cornerstone um, and you can accept that your valuation is a bit lower, you can. Pretty, you could you could get away as fairly successful IPO. I I yeah I think that's, that's a nice right. that's a nice <laughs> way to to frame it yeah. So one of these sixteen hopefully will come out. Um, Jen Karen, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashlich in London. Subscribe to the Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Catch up with our latest views and much more on breakingviews.com and on X, where our handle is at breakingviews.
I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.